Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else. Welcome back to another week of the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Before we get into what we're drinking this week, before we get into wrestling this week, our so-called friends over at Travelers on the Omnibus this week yeah, uh, mentioned that they were a few episodes away from their 25th episode, or as they would say, their very 25th episode, Yeah, where they have decided they were going to do their five favorite or five best professional wrestlers, and that we weren't invited. I know, right? So I'm thinking we grab the kendo stick... We grab some steel chairs. And we go invade. I'm for it. Yeah, I think I think We're I think that's what we to have to do. An invasion, though, right? Isn't that supposed to be something that's like, you know, we just it, do? It, it's something we just do. But I, I think it's something that that we should just, you know, we let them know. Hey, we're coming for you. Yeah, we'll see them at the pay per view. <laughs> oh, though, this week has been a fun week of wrestling. Yeah, for the most part. It's been a busy week of wrestling, and it's not done yet. Yeah. I mean, we had your standard Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, Rampage. Uh, Yesterday at noon was Clash at the Castle. Today is Worlds Collide and All Out. So I didn't know Worlds Collide was today. Yeah. Tonight, I think, or this afternoon. Hmm. I thought that was on, like, Tuesday. Mm -mm. At least I'm pretty sure it's today. Well... We have a lot of wrestling to talk about. To help us get through all of this this week, we've got some Johnny Walker High Rye Blended Scotch Whiskey. Okay. And this is a rich and rounded blend of whiskeys crafted from rye, barley, and wheat, married with the finest single malts. Of course, it is uh, Johnny Walker, so it is distilled, blended, and bottled in Scotland. It's 45% alcohol by by volume, so that makes it a 90 proof. And according to the bottle, the nose should be a sweet wood spice, fresh cut fruit, and creamy vanilla. I I get the vanilla. Yeah. Fruit-wise, I'm not feeling fruit. Yeah. Wood, yes. Vanilla, yes. The taste should be green apple, rich toffee, and dried clove. And then a finish should be the dry rye spice. So, okay. I guess let's try it. Let's give it a shot. We wouldn't ordinarily uh, tink our glasses here, but we forgot them, so we're drinking yeah. out of styrofoam. We, we, we took the glasses <laughs> to, to, to clean them, and yeah. I left them at home. I will take the blame for that. So, so cheers, Cheers. Right? Tink. I know you haven't been enjoying the rise lately. I like that one. Um, it's very sweet. It's got a very sweet flavor to it. It's very um, mellow. Yeah, like there's there's barely a burn to it. It's got, I can definitely taste that woody mm-hmm. that almost peat uh, back taste. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that. It's not bad. 
Yeah. It's I'm not bad. Of, I'm kind of on board with that one. Not very expensive. I paid $46 for this. It's not too bad um, at all. And it's a nice rye. And of course, if you're drinking with people who aren't really educated about whiskeys, Johnny Walker, oh, John, Johnny Walker, that's, that's, that's expensive. Yeah. That's, that's good. <laughs> stuff. That's good stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's, it's actually not bad. I kind of enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's really good. Well, moving on, let's talk about Monday Night Raw. So Monday Night Raw, we have Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka defeat uh, three local talent in preparation for their match at class, Clash at the Castle. We have the Street Profits defeating Alpha Academy via pinfall. This followed a segment where uh, Kurt Angle came out. We had Riddle and Seth Rollins interview, a, kind of a separated interview with each other backstage where they got very personal. They got very personal. Uh, Riddle said, we know who uh, wears the pants in, in mm-hmm. your your marriage, and it's Becky. Yeah, there's and, only one man in your family, and it's Becky. Uh, Seth waited till after the interview was over and then said, uh, Riddle, you still there? You want to bring up my family? I'm going to bring up yours. Let's talk about your children and your wife mm-hmm. and, you know, your your ex-wife who divorced you and your children who don't want to see you. Yep. Um. Yeah. Bobby Lashley defeats The Miz via submission. Uh. He was distracted by the Miz was distracted by Dexter Loomis. Kevin Owens uh, defeated Jay Uso via pinfall. That was really that was uh, preceded by a very good segment with Sammy and the Usos being interrupted by Kevin Owens and Kevin just playing them for for the fools that they are. We had Damian Priest and Finn Balor defeat Dolph Ziggler and AJ Styles before being attacked by uh, Edge and the Mysterios. And we have our winners of the world of the women's world tag titles, Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah defeating Dakota Kai and EO Sky. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was, um, had some interesting spots. Uh, Asuka, Alexa, and Bianca come running out to chase Bailey away from the ring. Yeah, because she had gotten involved like twice. At that yeah, point. and they actually had to slow themselves down because they came out too hot or, or uh, Bailey didn't start running soon enough. Mm-hmm. But you could, it was very awkward to see Bianca trying to like stutter step yeah. to, to give her a chance to get out away from them. <laughs> and that was Monday Night Raw. On Dynamite, we kicked off with John Moxley cutting a promo. Uh, this was in Chicago, by the way, but he cut a promo about how he kicked CM Punk's ass in three minutes tops, um, how he's the champ. He pulls out a, a contract and says that he's issuing an open challenge to anybody. He throws the contract on the mat, rolls out of the ring. Um. We then had Brian Danielson versus Jake Hager, where uh, Jericho was ringside. Danielson wins. As soon as he wins, the rest of the society hits the ring. Uh, then 
Claudio and you to come running out and make the save. We had W. Morrissey uh, beat up the wingmen, all of them, which led to Sheeta and Tony Storm versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter in a tag match. These are the four women that are going to be in the uh, four woman battle or the four woman uh, fatal four way for the women, the interim women's championship at All Out today, being Sunday when we're recording this. Um, which Storm and Sheeta won. I'm assuming Storm's going to win the title tonight. Probably, I, I don't know. Uh, CM Punk then came out and cut up. Well, let's back up a step. Before that match, some backstage announce some backstage dude comes running out and grabs a contract and walks to the back. Um, CM Punk comes out and cuts a promo, uh, talking about how his foot's broke, uh, all that kind of stuff. Then backstage dude who is actually a steel, um, he's the guy who trained Punk. Uh, he he's a trainer. He helped training for MMA, that kind of stuff. Punk cuts a promo about how this isn't the first time he's been beaten up. It wouldn't be the first time he gets beaten up in Cleveland, all this kind of stuff, right? Steel tells him, because Punk's talking about how his foot's broke after that and says, uh, you know, maybe this is it for me. I don't know. Then A Steel comes out, drops the F-bomb on national television. So he gets he gets fined for that. Um, which, which uh, this was immediately following a memorandum or, or a meeting where they talked about, don't yeah, do that. Watching your language. Um, he then hands, uh, punk, the, the contract punk says, you know what? You're right. This is Chicago. Uh, I will beat John Moxley. I will get my title back. So we get the rematch it all out. Let's see. What was next? FTR and Wardlow fought, uh, a squash match in which they just destroyed them. Not even close, not even funny. And then, uh, lethal and machine guns come out. They cut a promo at the top of the ramp. We got a four way match of Wheeler Yuta versus Dante Martin versus Ray Phoenix versus Roosh. Uh, Wheeler Yuta wins by pinning Dante Martin. Cause of course, if Dante Martin's in a match, he will be the one eating the pin. Uh, then the, the main event was the dynamite side trios tag tournament final of the elite versus Will Osprey and Aussie open the elite win. This was a hell of a match. Uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. It was just, it was great. It It really showcased what Will Osprey can do. Um, which let's be real here. This was the elite versus Will Osprey and two dudes. Because no one over here really knows who Osprey uh, Aussie Open is. Yeah. Um, but Jesus, it was it was fast. Mm-hmm. It was like, I, I guess the best word I can think of is frenetic. Well, and and it's clear, at least it was to me, that the elite and Osprey are just better than uh, Aussie Open by far. Like they they're just in a they're in a class of their own. Not to say that Aussie Open is bad. But you have guys who are just in a league of their own mm-hmm. and love them or hate them, the elite are there. I thought a league of their own was women. That was a different thing. Ah, okay. 
Yeah. That was baseball. Uh, uh, yes. Gotcha. <laughs> that was baseball and World War II. But. <laughs> All right. So, SmackDown. We have. Uh, what is going on here? Sorry. We have the Viking Raiders defeating the New Day via pinfall. Um, because that's still going on for some reason. We have Shannon Baszler interviewed backstage. We have uh, Karrion Cross defeating Drew Gulak via submission. We have Adam Pierce confirming that Ronda Rousey has been reinstated and then getting put in an armbar when he told uh, when he said that Rousey was the single biggest bitch I've ever met. Uh, Hit Row defeating Maximum Male Models via pinfall. After that match, Los Lotharios helped Maximum Male Models attack Hit Row until the Street Profits came out to make the save. Uh, so Hit Row's are faces? I guess so. Uh, we have Shinsuke Nakamura defeating Happy Corbin via pinfall. After which, Corbin was backstage and a big white limo pulls up with giant horns on the front. And you hear somebody's voice. I'm going to give you a chance to guess whose voice you heard. John Cena. Yes. No. Uh, It was another John, though. It was another John. Uh, JBL, you hear his voice. What happened to you? Get in. And then we have uh, Butch defeating Ludwig Kaiser via pinfall. We have... uh, and finally, we have Drew McIntyre ruining Roman Reigns' two-year celebration of being the champion. Or whatever. How many ever? It's been two years, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. It was exactly two years, I think. Uh, but yeah. So that was the build up to Clash at the Castle. Let's, uh, let's hear about Rampage, and then we'll hear what happened yesterday at noon for Clash right. at the Castle. So, Rampage, we had the Dark Order with Adam Page versus Best Friends uh, for the Rampage side of the Trios tournament. Um, Of course, Ten was hurt. Uh, Uno got beat up, couldn't compete, so there you go. And uh, the Dark Order wins, which sets us up for the Dark Order with Hangman versus the Elite for the Trios tags. Um. We then saw Ray Phoenix versus Blake Christian. Phoenix won. Uh, Ty Mello and Sammy versus Ruby Soho and Ortiz. Uh, Ruby and uh, Ortiz actually win here, which was kind of shocking. We had QT versus Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks won. And that was the main event, and that was Rampage. Hmm. It's almost like there's only an hour for Rampage compared to two or three hours for the other shows. Clash at the Castle. Before I get into this, what what are your overall... Did you like, dislike Clash at the Castle? I liked Clash at the Castle. I thought it was very, very good all the way up until the very end. Yeah. I thought this was great. This was Triple H's first outing as head of creative, um, which, you know, this one was 100% his booking. Mm -hmm. SummerSlam, you still had to wrap up Vince's storylines. Everything afterwards has now been Triple H being able to take the reins, even though Vince probably still had, you know, some of these storylines still have Vince's touch on the beginning of them. 
This is all Triple H. We start off with Madcap Moss and the Street Profits versus Austin Theory and Alpha Academy. Uh, this is the kickoff show. Uh, the faces get the win here. We start our main show off with Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss versus Damage Control. That's Bailey, EO Sky, and Dakota Kai. Damage Control gets the win here after a fun match. Mm-hmm. It was it was entertaining. Uh, we have our Intercontinental Championship match, Gunter versus Sheamus. We have um, Gunter and Ludwig Kaiser. Well, we have Ludwig Kaiser come out and says that he demands the respect for Giovanni Vinci, the former. Uh, uh, his name I had it, and it's, it's going to uh, be Eichner. Yeah, Eichner. Uh, rejoining so Imperium has been reformed they did say Imperium on TV yep they so go, they all came out in the black yeah um they still used his new music they used his new music but they came out in the black they had the the Tron behind them was yep. solid white so it was it was definitely the Imperium look. yeah and I'm okay with the name changes Giovanni Vinci is not nearly as nice as Fabian Eichner, but uh, whatever. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing with any of the name changes that have been done. They're not, well, most of them. Let me rephrase. Yeah. Some of them are terrible, but for the most part, they're not bad. They're just not good. Yeah. There's no reason for it, basically. Yeah. And, you know, like, Walter did a uh, an interview where he talked about the name change, and he's like, I get it. It's business. They they want to feel like they own it, and, and mm-hmm. it's fine. Exactly. So, sure. I, I'm okay with that. Here, I just don't think the name change was good for uh, Fabian Eitner. That seems such a strong name, and then you have Giovanni Vinci, which yeah. doesn't match anything I've seen right. from him character-wise. With all that being said, this match was everything that you want it to be. Oh, yeah, the match was awesome. Uh, you, you had Gunther and Sheamus standing in the ring. You have the two stables start fighting each other before the bell rings. They're brawling Gunther and Sheamus just standing still like they did about two weeks ago at SmackDown. Mm -hmm. As soon as the ref gets the other guys out of the ring and calls for people to come pull them to the back, he rings the bell. As soon as the bell rings, they just start wailing on each other. This was two big meaty men slapping meat. Big E would be proud. This was amazing. Gunther defeats Sheamus to retain. 10 out of 10 for this match. Yeah, this was, to me, this was the match of the night. Yeah. Um, or the match of the afternoon, I guess, as it were. <laughs> um, it was just, it was a brutal match, and it was yeah. everything you wanted it to be between these two guys. Yeah. And, and this Sheamus got a huge ovation afterwards. Yeah, he did. Like, uh, I'm sitting there questioning. Like and I know you, like, I, I know you yeah. said it too, but we, we were both questioning, is he about is he, to retire? about to grab a microphone and say that this is it for him or something? Uh, but this was a great match. I really felt like Gunther had to earn the win here. Mm-hmm. And Sheamus absolutely deserved the uh, standing ovation that he oh, got from sure. the crowd afterwards. We then went into the SmackDown Women's Championship, Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler. This match, I honestly don't remember much of it. It um, was a serviceable match. Yeah. The best part of it was Shayna coming out dressed in uh, 
Imperial Fist colors from <laughs> Warhammer 40K. Yeah. Uh, Liv Morgan does get the win here. Sure. And it was a legit win too. Yeah. Uh it wasn't it wasn't weird. It wasn't a uh you know, it wasn't a fluke, it wasn't something like that. So Yeah. We'll see. You know, we know we're gonna get Liv versus Rhonda now that Rhonda has been reinstated. And that's the match that everybody's kind of looking for for Rhonda to just destroy Liv, unfortunately. We have Edge and Rey Mysterio versus The Judgment Day. Uh, this was a pretty good match. Dominic got involved on more than one occasion to distract. And by the end of this match, you really had Edge and Ray. They weren't playing heels, but they were using heel tactics. They were working heel, you know what they were doing, Ed, which was very odd. It was. Edge and Ray get the win. Following it is when the fireworks happen as Dominic attacked Edge. Mm-hmm. Dominic attacked Edge, kicked him in the nuts, yep, and then laid out Ray and walked away. He didn't, mm-hmm. you, you have yeah. Judgment Day laughing in the background. They were dying laughing. But I did not get the indication that he was joining Judgment Day. No. This felt like a, I'm done with this. I'm done with all of it. I'm basically. going my own way, which Dominic has got to do. Dominic has got to go back to NXT and learn to wrestle. Yeah. He's serviceable as a wrestler. Yep. But he's got to get away from Ray. Exactly. He's got to get away from Ray. Dominic needs to make his own name outside of Mysterio to be, you know, to come into his own as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. He's still very young. I think he's what, 25? Yeah, 24, uh, 25, something like that. Yeah. So. He's got to get out out from under Ray's shadow and, yep. and really come into his own. And I think he could be great. I don't think he's going to be as good as his dad. But, you know, very few are as good as Eddie Guerrero. So Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you weren't ready for that, were you? I was not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we then have Seth Rollins versus Matt Riddle. This was a really good match to tell the story that they were telling. Riddle was insanely angry. Seth was using that anger against Riddle, but was not able to overcome Riddle's anger for the majority of the match. Then at the end, mm-hmm. Riddle's anger got the best of him. Seth was able to hit a couple of uh, curb stomps, one of them from the second rope. Yep. And that led to Seth Rollins being able to pin Matt Riddle. Because that's another thing that's happened in the last week. It's no longer Riddle. It is Matt Riddle. It's no longer Theory. It is Austin Theory. We then have the undisputed WWE Universal Championship match. Had this match ended five minutes sooner, Mm -hmm. match of the night. For sure. For sure. But shenanigans had to ensue. Not just shenanigans. All of the shenanigans. You had... So, so, let's start this out real quick. Drew is destroying Roman to start this match off. You then have Karrion Cross throw something. Yeah. Which 
Drew takes his eye off the ball, goes over, turns around into a Superman punch from yeah. Roman. Roman then takes control for a little while. Drew eventually is able to turn the, the tables. They go at it where they're basically even for a while. Kicking out of spears, kicking out of claymores, oh, kicking yeah. out of Superman punches. They they kicked out of all of the finishers. Yeah. There was a rock bottom thrown in there, which mm-hmm. was totally thrown in there on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Roman was getting up into uh, Little Nature's face. And Drew claymores him from behind, which takes out Little Nate. Yep. Why you claymore somebody into the ref, I don't understand. Right. That leads to Austin Theory's music hitting and him running down to cash in his money in the right. bank. Which at this point, I figure, okay, Theory's cashing in. Drew is going to claymore... Theory, mm-hmm. one, two, three, win the belts, go home moment, Drew won the belts, everybody in Cardiff is happy, we got the briefcase off of Austin Theory, who is Austin Theory again, because no one likes him, mm-hmm. and Roman can then, no one's beat me, Yeah, and you can continue this feud on for a little while longer, Roman can eventually win the belts back. Mm-hmm. And then we can do the Rock versus Roman if you still if that's still the plan for WrestleMania. But that's not what happened. That's not what happened. So Theory runs over to the timekeeper's area, which you already know something's up because you never go that far to turn right. in the 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 briefcase. He runs over to the timekeeper's area and is knocked out mm-hmm. by Tyson Fury. Yep. And I don't think that it was I think he was legitimately knocked it out. Looks like, like it. He <laughs> just was like Whale. All right. <laughs> so the match continues. It looks like Drew's going to win. Mm-hmm. When suddenly there's some more interference and it pans over and it looks like it's one of the Usos. Mm-hmm. Got a very Uso-ish face. Technically it is one of the Usos. Technically it is, but it is not Jay or Jimmy. Yeah, because apparently they couldn't come to England. Uh, it does not surprise me <laughs> with all of their DUIs. Yes. I think, how many DUIs they have combined? 37? They're collecting them all. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. So, Solo Sakia, I think was yeah, his Solo name. Solo Sakoa? Sakoa. It's uh, the Uso's younger brother. Yeah. He's, on, he's been on NXT. Yeah, I was looking for it to see, let's see. Yeah, I think it's Solo Sakoa. Yeah, Sakoa. Solo Sokoa, S-I-K-O-A. He trips up. Drew. Drew goes over to yell at him, taking his eye off the ball once again. Mm -hmm. That allows Roman to hit him with a spear. One, two, three. And still, your WWE Undisputed Universal Heavyweight Champion of the World. Big and dislike. Once again, Roman has shown that in the big matches, he can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. I, I really need them to start calling that out on the show. And with Kevin Owens promo Monday night, I think we might get that. Because Kevin basically said, I don't care who wins, I'm next. Yeah. And Kevin is the personality that could be like, Roman, you never were able to beat me. 
without help from Jay mm-hmm. and Jimmy. Yep. You weren't able to beat Drew without Solo or whatever they decided, if they decide to keep him as Solo or if they decide to name him Johnny. Well, um, they were yelling, they were calling him Solo. So I imagine we're still going to, they're going to keep with that. Yeah. Because uh, if they brought him up with that name, then. Yeah. Otherwise, they would have brought, I think they would have changed his name last night and that would have been that. Yeah. Overall, with it, I text curse words to the group as soon as little Nate got taken out. Yep. And before I even finished typing the two words that I typed, here comes Austin Theory's music. So I hit type and send, and then I hit, and I'm not talking about theory. Like, I just don't, I don't get it. This is... The Roman Reigns bloodline storyline has gone on long enough now. Like, back in the day, you had champions that were champions for years at a time. You know, Bruno was champ for, what, eight years, I think, at one point? Yeah, something insane like uh, that. Hogan held it for, you know, two or a couple of years at one at one time. But... They held these championships, and I know I've said this on the show before. They held these championships back in the day when the Intercontinental title mattered. It was a major title. That's what you saw weekly on television. The champ would show up, cut a promo for whatever the the next big pay-per-view was going to be. You know, run down his opponent. Then the next week, the opponent would show up, cut a promo, run down the the champ for the next pay-per-view, whatever it was going to be. And this is basically what went on for about three months. Then you had the big fight. And they usually did it, you know, three fights. You know, if it was a heel champ especially, heel champ would win the first one with a DQ or would get counted out because champion's advantage, right? Then the second one, something else would happen to where the third one ended up being in a no-holds-barred or a steel cage so that the, the face could get his win. And the face gets the win, gets the belt, holds it for a couple of pay-per-views, drops it. You know that That's kind of how it was booked back in the day. That could still work today. But the problem is we see the champ fighting on almost every show. Mm-hmm with the exception of Reigns here recently and the fact that, you know, he now has the, the, the preferred contract, apparently. The, the favored they, nations contract? <laughs> kinda. But they have built this idea, I guess is the best term, into the title where it needs to be shown on every show. Yeah. It needs to be on every pay-per-view, so a pay-per-view a month, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's ruined that mystique of the 80s. Oh, absolutely. So with that said, now we're having to deal with, I've seen Roman as champion now for two years. And it's been, and we, we had this same, you're going to love that message I just sent you, by the way. Uh, we're going to talk about it here in a minute, too. Uh, <laughs> they have this. Oh, yeah, uh, I saw that earlier. Uh, they they have this 
Same problem that MJF had. There's a it's refusal the to same, evolve. It is the same storyline over and over and over again. Roman has won out of all the feuds he's had in two years, and he's had several. I think he's only won one of them clean. Mm-hmm. Every other feud he's had, he's won with the Usos' help. And that works for some champions. Roman it does not have the right look for cowardly champion. And Brady disagrees with me. Brady says that this is a, you know, well, it's because the, the belt means more to him than anything, so he's doing everything he can to keep the belt. I get that to a point, and that works for The Miz. Mm-hmm. That works for, it worked for Ric Flair. It works for the smaller guys, and, and calling Ric Flair small is, is, you know, odd, but he is a smaller guy than Roman. Yeah. It works for the smaller guys. The the better mouthpieces, the, the charismatic heels, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't work for Roman, who has been built for years as the big dog, the ruler of the yard, the the tough guy. You know, he should not need anybody on his back. Well, he should be winning these matches without help. And it would be one thing if, okay, Roman doesn't want to be there. He wants to go into a more part time schedule. Sure, that's fine, great. But you have the Usos booked almost as strong as Roman is right now. Mm-hmm. That's not how you book that. That is how you. Uh, that's how you you book them as weaker, so that Roman comes in and cleans house yep. when they mess up. But that's not what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This would have to me. This would have been a perfect opportunity. You could have had Theory cash in. You could have had Drew pin Theory. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's not forget, this is the first pay-per-view event that's been in England in 30 years. Yeah. Right? The, and the they last would have one, tore the roof off and, the place. And let's also not forget, both of the quote-unquote hometown guys lost. Lost. In their title matches. But that's par for the course for WWE. Well, except my for... my mic goes away from for, my voice. Except for the fact that before the Sheamus match... They called back to the Bret Hart versus British Bulldog match in 92 at SummerSlam mm-hmm. where British Bulldog won the freaking title in England. Yeah. You you make that callback. The hometown hero conquers and wins. Hooray. And then Sheamus loses, which I'm okay with Sheamus losing. I wish he would. I, I hope he gets an intercontinental title run yeah. before he leaves because it's the only belt he's never held. Yeah. Um. And then you have Drew lose. And then after Drew loses, <laughs> I left this part We out. went into Bizarro World. Tyson Fury gets in the ring. He shakes Roman's hand, and Roman rolls out of the ring and leaves. He then starts singing uh, American Pie. Which, in Britain. In, in Britain. Britain <laughs> which, I mean, Tyson Fury's, uh, you know, from over there, too. Um... And and everybody's sitting there going, what the hell is this? What's going on? Apparently, that's his thing that he does in boxing when he wins. He sings American Pie. Um, I didn't know it because I don't watch boxing. But the crowd 
is already completely dead. Yeah. You had the hometown guy who's been built like crazy lose in a awful way through interference from somebody that I would say probably 90% of that crowd has no idea who Solo Sokoa is. Now, I watch wrestling. I host a wrestling podcast. If we watched NXT 2.0, we would know who he was. Yeah. And we're vaguely aware of him because people around us watch NXT yeah. and, and because we follow and, and do the backstage stuff. So I knew who it was. Mm-hmm. So you have the vast majority of your audience had no clue. Right. And the audience there in the arena still has no clue. Still has no clue. The audience is dead. Like, there's no reaction. Yeah. They're not booing. They're not cheering. There's no reaction. Fury gets in the ring, starts singing. Him and him and Drew kind of sing a little bit. The crowd sort of sings in. a little, but with that many people, you would expect a whole lot more noise, and there just wasn't. Yeah. Drew then makes a comment about, well, I guess that's not one y'all know, so how about, uh, and he sings uh, Don't Look Back at Anger, or no, Wonderwall. Uh, it was an Oasis song. I don't remember which one it was. Um, he starts singing that. The crowd just doesn't. And then Tyson Fury holds up Drew's hand and it goes off the air. Um, what? It was. You, you got to think that Triple H is, is looking at this, and you got to hope that Triple H is looking at this and saying, okay, we, we missed here. The rest of the show... I really hope he looks at it and goes, we made a big mistake there. The The rest of the show mm-hmm. is great. I thoroughly enjoyed the entire show, even with the shenanigans at the end. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed the entire show. Like, but what do I take away? What do I remember the most? And that is mm-hmm. the end. Yep. And you have a sold out of 60-some thousand people in that arena. Yep. And the thing is, you even had What Culture, which is a British group. A British wrestling group, right? The, on YouTube. Mm. They were discussing the fact that this is how you kill a market. Yeah. You do something like this. The British fans go, oh, that was really cool up until, oh, this was garbage. Mm-hmm. And then the next time you have a, a European tour and you go through England, you you sell half the tickets. And then because they, they sold half the tickets, they don't book something like this again. They they would have been better mm-hmm. if if they wanted Drew to lose, which obviously they did. They wanted Sheamus to lose, which mm-hmm. obviously they did. You have to give your hometown people something. Yeah. So what you do is a week ago, mm-hmm. or even yeah. So so one week, one week on SmackDown, you you move back the the face off between uh, Sheamus. And uh, Gunther to where they're standing in the ring, yeah. and and you know uh, uh, um, what's his name now? Uh, Kaiser is fighting both Butch and the other guy because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I feel about yeah. him. Uh, Rich Holland. Holland, you then bring up Fabian Eichner, mm-hmm. and you set up a match on the show of Imperium versus Fight Night. Yeah. And you let Fight Night win. 
Yes. Is it great for Imperium to lose because they are a dominant tag team when they're together? Is it great for them to lose in their debut match on the main roster? Not at all. Would it make your hometown crowd happy? Absolutely. Because Ridge Holland and Butch are both English. I still say that at the end of you could have you could have had Theory cash in and eat the pin. Yeah. From Drew or from Roman. You could have, if you really wanted to keep the belts on Roman, you could have had Theory eat the pin from Roman. Have Drew just level the dude. And then as he's going to pin, you get the 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 classic Roman hops in the ring, slings Drew out through the ropes, mm-hmm. and then gets the one, two, three. Which we would still bitch about. We would still bitch about but it, but it I'm not would... bitching about it as much. Yeah. I'm not bitching, because one, it's successfully taken the briefcase, the, the useless briefcase off of Theory. Well, here's the Because as thing. long as Drew, or as long as Roman has those belts, that briefcase is useless. Well, but here's the thing. You, you said nobody likes Austin Theory, and that is true. None of the fans like Austin Theory, mm-hmm. but everybody in the office and all of the boys seem to like the guy. Yeah. So but, uh, the thing is there, I mean, if the office and the boys like him, that's fine. He can be booked into prominent spots, but his character's the, not getting over. The character's not getting over and get the briefcase off of him. Get the briefcase out of play because no one is buying the briefcase with Roman being booked like Roman is. Yeah. They had uh, one I'm not. They had one chance for the briefcase. That was at SummerSlam yep. with Brock and yep. Roman. And we're not going to see anything. They came close this mm-hmm. week. That would have been okay. I mean, it could have been but, done here. You could have ended the briefcase issue completely. You could have moved Austin Theory back into where he belongs in the mid-card. Um you could have then told the story of either Roman pins Drew and Drew continues on his path of you didn't pin me and we can get a little bit more legs out of it or Drew pins Roman and Roman says you never pinned me, I demand my rematch. Now we've yeah. created some rematches down the road for Drew versus Roman. Yeah. Um. Well, either way, I think it was bad. Oh, yeah. Bad booking here. Let's Let's move on from that. Uh, this week they did announce, WWE did announce some changes to their executive structure and it's mostly just, uh, title changes. So let me go through here and take a look at this. We had, um, of course, uh, Stephanie McMahon, uh, as chair, chairwoman and co-CEO, mm-hmm. Nick Khan as co-CEO, Frank Riddick, the third is the chief financial officer, uh, and chief administrative officer. And Paul Levesque, Triple H, has been promoted from head of talent relations and uh, head of creative to chief content officer. So they created a new chief position. He is a C-level executive with them now. Um, They all got raises. Uh, Stephanie McMahon got a raise from 700 and... uh, 50 or no, um, 730,000 to 1.35 million. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. So she, she got essentially double her salary that she has been getting. 
And she still gets a 750000 guaranteed minimum for her booking. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Con salary was increased from $1.2 million to $1.35 million. Uh, Riddick's salary from 850000 to $950,000. Um, and Triple H from 730000 to 900000 as well as a $1 million guaranteed minimum booking agreement. Jesus. So, yeah. Good Lord. Anyway. God. Uh, but I, I felt, you know, we needed yeah. to, to address that. That's Not necessarily a, the money stuff. It's a dumb but, amount of money for but, anybody. Right? So, between Triple H and Stephanie, they're bringing home $2 million a year. Mm-hmm. On top of, and that's just their base salaries from their C-level stuff. Yeah. There's that's an additional stocks, two. Not, well, there's an additional two million there, just for their booking stuff. Because there's the booking stuff, then they have all their stock option mm-hmm. choices. They have all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, should we talk about Patrick Clark? Um, yeah, I guess that way we can talk about that, and then we can talk about the fact that that we're not going to watch all out. Yeah. Well, what do you know? We just talked about, we're not going to watch all out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, Patrick Clark, otherwise known as Velveteen dream. Mm-hmm. He was arrested last week for, uh, well, the week, before we get to that, the week before or something like that, a couple of weeks before he was all over Twitter talking about how he was about to get re-signed. Well, he was trying and, to get re-signed. Yeah. Well, he he was he was talking about it in terms of it was already a thing. Mm. Uh, you know, Triple H is my boy type stuff. I'll be coming back. You'll see the dream again. Yada yada yada. So last week, Patrick Clark is arrested for cocaine uh, possession of cocaine. Mm-hmm. That he ripped off of the steering wheel in front of the cop. In front of the cop. What? Yeah. Uh. This week. So give give this as much credence as you think it deserves, given its source. Ethan Carter the Third, EC three, claims that Velveteen Dream tried to film people in the bathroom. Without consent, mm-hmm. um, which it's weird either way. Yeah. If you're trying to film people in the bathroom with or without consent, but one of them is a crime, mm-hmm. and you know, um, there's been several people on Twitter that have already like kind of responded to that. Uh, one of them is a he was in NXT for like a cup of coffee, uh, Seahawk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his comment was usually he says hypothetically speaking when one of the boys does something if it if the other ones don't believe it to be true you see this circling of the wagons you see everybody standing up for the person who you know yeah he says remind me again did we see that with uh patrick cuz they really didn't like when he was getting all the allegations Triple H is the only one that kind of said something along the lines of, you know, we're investigating it, but he never got like fully into it, went into yeah. it. But there really weren't a lot of wrestlers standing up saying, nah, man, he's a good dude. You know, this isn't something that he would do. I really hope this is a misunderstanding. 
you know, yada, yada, yada. It really wasn't any of that far. Yeah. Well, EC3 said this, and, and this is about halfway through, or a couple sentences into his, his I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he says, quote, because in NXT, there was always some speculation about him being a little off, but you welcome that you can be friends. And, and then he goes in to tell the story about him hosting a party at his place. Him walking in to use the restroom, looking over, seeing a cell phone set up in a selfie position recording. Yeah. And so he wipes the cell phone. Puts it back up there, makes it look like it's still recording, but is not actually recording at this point. Mm-hmm. Goes, sits down and watches. He sees Patrick go in, come back out. He goes back in. EC3 goes back in. Mm-hmm. And the cell phone's gone. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah exactly. Dude's a uh, piece of shit. Yeah. Like. <sighs> and he's dumb on top of it. He's not just a piece of shit, but he's a dumb piece of shit. There's a. That's a whole other level. Now, the only thing with, with the, the cocaine and the cop thing, the only thing I can think of there is he didn't know that the second cop was there watching him. Could be. Maybe he was trying to hide the evidence or something. <laughs> but the thing is, like, this dude, this dude's got all the talent in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Super talented Just guy. go back and listen. Go back and listen to us talk about Velveteen Dream yeah, and how we high we were on. Was going on. Yeah, how high we were on yeah. the, on this guy. Super he was amazing. Dude. The 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 character, everything was so cool. Mm-hmm. And then the stuff came out, and we're like, okay, well, okay. It continued to come out. We decided, you know, we we can no longer support. Yep. He was eventually released. Mm-hmm. And now this. Yep. So. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. After that downer, now let's talk about all out. The fact that we're not watching. It. Yeah. So next week we're not we watching do this, all out. <laughs> we're not watching all out. Um, we're I, I'm voting with my money. Mm-hmm. Um, there is only one two and and maybe two matches on there that I really care anything about. Mm-hmm. I want to see the the trios match just because I think they'll build some drama with the whole hangman dark order elite thing. Right. Part of me wants to see that. And I kind of want to see the women's fatal four way. Yeah. The rest of the show, I really don't give two shits about. And that includes <sighs> Mox punk because I just saw that two weeks ago and Mox beat up punk in three minutes. Well, even, uh, you know, I, even JR. I don't care. Even JR said there's some logical things we have to address. And that, that was a quote, logical mm-hmm. things we have to address. Because it, we just saw this match. Why yeah. CM Punk getting a return? He got owned. This was not a, oh, no. it was a quick thing or he was sucker punched. He or, got the hell beat out of him. Mm-hmm. In three minutes, went down screaming with his foot. You can't tell me that in two weeks, his foot's better enough for him to wrestle. So what are we going to do here? Are we going to have another three-minute match where Moxley wins? 
And then what was the point? Are we going to have CM Punk suckers Moxley somehow and gets a cheap win? Okay, then what was the point of taking the belt off of him? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to have some kind of 30-minute banger? Okay, then why did we have a three-minute fight last Wednesday? That makes no logical sense mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Like, what you do there is, okay, you wanted to do the match on Wednesday? You you have it ready. You have Punk start walking down the ramp. And then you have Doc Sampson come running out and stop him. No, 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 no. Your, your stuff came back. You're not clear. Yeah. And you have Punk get all upset. You have Mox get all upset. You have them yelling insults at each other. You know, you can still have Mox with the, uh, you know, cut the promo that he cut this week if you wanted to. It'd be a little different because he'd still be the interim champion. Um, and then you have, you set up for this match, Punk with a, has to sign a hold harmless. You know, he has to say that against doctor's orders, he's going to wrestle. Yeah. You know, you do something like that. And now you've built this. Okay. Now I want to watch this. Yeah. You know, what they did with this is not good. No, it's not. Not at all. And it's not a good sign. Uh, if this is going to be kind of a continued way of booking, um, you know, we've said it a million times until, you know, we've, we've basically, we're beating a dead horse at this point. Tony's got to get some help in the booking department, in the booking he room. He does. He does. Now, and apparently, he can't do it. Apparently, Mox beating Punk on Dynamite was mm-hmm. a uh, Moxley idea. Which, if there was a story there, if you had more time between yeah. that and a pay-per-view, I'm all for it. But it's two weeks before pay per view. You don't give CM Punk the return two weeks after. If all out was in October, yeah. Okay, you know what? I'll buy it. You beat Punk in three minutes. Now Mox gets to you know toot his own horn and talk about how he beat the best in the world in three minutes, and then you have Punk, you know, cut the promo about having all the the pins and and plates in his foot. Yeah, and you can do some backstage stuff, even if it was from when he first got surgery. Right, you can do the the backstage segments and the following Punk's recovery, mm-hmm. and all of it is is you know get cheesy if you want to, man. You can have CM Punk doing like uh, foot presses, right, with a picture of John Moxley like scratched out and X's over yeah. it and all this kind of stuff, you know, to tell the story of Punk. He lost in three minutes because he felt drag drug back too soon. Now he's got to rebuild, and we give it six weeks mm-hmm. for him. Uh, six weeks of vignettes of Punk where Just he's steadily rebuilding. working out. Steadily working out. And you, don't even need, you need a, a poster of Moxley on the wall. It doesn't even have to have X's yeah. on it. Just a poster of Moxley on the wall holding, holding the, belt. the belt, and you just see Punk just focused in the gym working. Mm-hmm. And you have a match, and I'd be I down would be for bought it. in. I'd be bought I'm in. I'm not bought in for this. I don't care about this. I don't care about it. And, and so you mentioned what three matches there, right? Two really the but, fatal four way and the, the uh, trip and the t- trios fatal four way trios. And then Mox and, and that, but I yeah. know you're not interested in, I'm in not Mox. interested in that one. There's also Christian cage. I could care less about versus, cage versus jungle, jungle boy. And what else? Um, because I don't know. Uh, we have Daniel Bryan Jericho versus, versus Brian. Brian. That one's going to be a good match, but I've already seen it. 
it's going to be a good match and it doesn't matter. Um, we're going to, I have a feeling that we're going to get the, Oh no, swerve from, uh, Garcia, you know, cause he's, he's been playing the whole, he's turning on Jericho cause he's going to be a wrestler. And I have a feeling that we're going to see the swerve where he's going to attack Daniel Bryan. It's like, ah, we suckered you the whole time. Ah, yeah. you know, that you're going to say, oh no, swerve and swerve turns on nah. Keith Lee. Uh, I just don't care. I, I, I don't care. There's just nothing there. Uh, I know we're, we're coming up on an hour and we, we've bitched and moaned a lot today and we apologize. This was a great week in, in wrestling overall. Like I said, but I thought clash of the castle was really good yeah. with the exception of the ending. We're going to bitch and moan a little bit more. Tony Khan this week. Oh yeah. Uh, and yeah. We, this is going to be us beating another dead horse. But Tony mm. Khan talked about his, uh, and y'all can't see him, but Jason's over there trying to bite Ooh. his tongue. He, <laughs> he addressed the internet community discussion about punk and thunder Rosa. Yes. And you know, we, I think we brought it up on our show and, and just about every other wrestling YouTube podcast, whatever brought up the fact that punk got eight minutes mm-hmm. in the ring, in the ring to say that he had his hurt foot and was having to step away and was going to become, still be the champion, but they were going to do the interim thing. Thunder Rosa got a minute backstage mm-hmm. and a pre-record. Yep. And everybody kind of went off and Tony responded. And do you think a was Tony's response? Yeah, that was a little tone deaf. Uh, we probably should have given Thunder Rosa ring time as well. Uh, we will do better in the future. Do you think it was a, or do you think it was B? Uh, CM Punk is a much bigger draw than Thunder Rosa. Therefore, he gets those eight minutes, uh, and she doesn't. This so is which one do you one. think it was? A or this, B? This is a tough one. Uh, crowd, go ahead and make your choices now. Am I allowed to call a friend? Um, you know what? I don't. I don't need it. it uh, the the answer is B. Yes, he said the answer is B. And on the surface. He's not wrong. What he said was not a lie. Punk is a bigger draw than yes. Thunder Rosa. That's pure and simple. But, and here's the same question that I think every other wrestling podcast and, and, and YouTube show has asked and, and you know, columns and, and everything. How did Punk become a star? Mm-hmm. By getting time on, on TV. Te- on TV. Uh-huh. You, you look at, at the people that, you you look at the people that are good on the mic in AEW, mm-hmm. and with the exception of MJF, there are no homegrown AEW talent that are good or great on the microphone. Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't want to say that's by design, but I want to say that is because AEW is still very indie. Yes. Indie talents don't talk on the mic. Indie talents wrestle. True. WWE talks on the mic. But here's the thing. You have three hours of nationally televised 
wrestling. Your people need to be able to cut promos. They need to be able to cut promos. The only person that has developed as a promo in AEW that is not a former WWE wrestler, Britt Baker. Mm -hmm. And that was because... When she got hurt. When she was hurt, she was on TV every week cutting promos. The other... So, Tony, the entire wrestling community is asking you this. How are stars made? How are stars made? Because you just killed Thunder Rosa as a wrestler. Um, the other part of that is he, he, he mentions in the comment as well about time, time constraints, you know, the fact that, you know, CM Punk is a bigger draw. He deserves the TV time because of it. Therefore, you know, he gets that Thunder Rosa doesn't yada, yada, yada. They're not, it's not like, okay, we have CM Punk and we have Thunder Rosa hurt. And they were both hurt yesterday. And we're trying to build the show today. One of them gets the eight minute promo. The other one can't have it because we've only got one eight minute promo that we can cut. This was weeks apart. You could have done that. Now, there has been something out there said that Thunder Rosa didn't let them know until late that she was going to have to take some time off. Of course, that also, I think, falls on the fact that she didn't learn until late that she was going to have to take some time off. But you don't have to address it that week. You don't have to address it that week. Address it the next week when you have time. Yeah. You know, it's- hey, hey, I know it's before Rampage, you know, I or before Dynamite. I'm not going to be a wrestle any for a while. My back's out. You know, I got to have surgery. I got to do this. I got to do this. Hey, cool. I get it. You know, we really didn't have anything scheduled for you this week. Cause they didn't. Cause we didn't, um, schedule next week for the show. I know. Right. Talking. Next week we'll schedule you a, a five minute in the ring. Yeah. You know, and there you go. So yeah, it, it just reinforces more and more our thoughts on how Tony Khan actually feels about women's wrestling. Um, Several people, I think Jericho's made the comment. I, I know JR has made the comment. Several people have talked about how we, and when they say we, they're referring to AEW, have to get better at how we handle women's wrestling. And they do. Because they're going to start really, they're, they have already, AEW as a whole, they're, they're, oh my God, they're the new people. They're the challenger to WWE's throne. They're fresh. They're exciting. That's gone. That is gone. It is. You're, you've been around for three years now. The honeymoon phase with it's over. Yep. Now you've got Triple H has stepped in. Uh, we've gotten rid of Vince. We've gotten rid of the, the greatest majority of the inane bookings from Vince McMahon. You know, we're going to start moving as we move further and further along with the Triple H era. We're going to see more and more quality booking, I think. I uh, think that so. makes sense. I, I, I think, or at least I, I'm hoping that yesterday was a miss for Triple H from mm-hmm. a guy who's trying to learn. Speaking of Triple H, there's one other thing that we do need to mention. 
Triple H was on a uh, interview where he was asked about AEW and AEW beating NXT. And Triple H's response was, you beat our developmental. Good. Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, which then that podcast went back and showed all the clips or another podcast picked that up and sh- went back and showed all the clips of where Triple H over the years has said NXT is not developmental. NXT is another brand. Mm-hmm. We have three brands. You're not standing in front of the people in the performance center. This is not a developmental thing. We are, you are training to be, you are training on a brand, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and then Triple H, or I mean, then Jericho responded and just told him to F off. So, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but, but you were saying, you know, Triple H is taking over and we're going to see an end to, hopefully see an end to a lot of the bad decisions that Vince was making. Yeah, well, we've made a comment in our, in our wrestling, our, our chat group from time to time that we can't seem to have two good shows at once. Yeah. Um, you know, AEW was doing very well. Raw sucked. Mm-hmm. SmackDown sucked. Now it seems like we got Triple H in charge. Raw and SmackDown seem to be making some good progress. AEW seems to be on a downslope. Now, I, I'm willing to give Triple H a little bit of leeway mm-hmm. to get his sea legs under him. Yeah, I'm going to give the dude time. I mean, re- think about this. It's only been a month. Yeah, it's it's only been you a know? month. Give him, give him some time. Let him get his legs under him. Let him figure out, okay... When I'm writing, I have to look at it this way and not this way. That being said, I'm going to do my best to make sure I'm not in a honeymoon phase Well, he said, where I'm letting things slide and that, say, oh, this is great. In that same interview, he made the comment. He says, you know, I'm in control of the ship now, so I've got to think about what do I want to do? He says, I can't keep I can't keep going back to the what would Vince do? Um, he says, you know, Vince had good ideas. Vince had, you know. That kind of stuff. He said, but I can't, I'm not Vince. I can't continue his ideas because I'm not him. Very, I thought that was a very political way of saying uh, his ideas sucked and they are out of touch with the modern wrestling fan. So I got to change. Remember, Vince McMahon is the same person, the same Vincent Kennedy McMahon who pitched a storyline where he would be in an ancestral relationship with his daughter. He also pitched this, that same storyline with Shane instead of him at one point. Yeah. Um, he's also the one that pitched the storyline to, to have, da, 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 to have, da, 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 <laughs> right. To have triple H, uh, have sex with a mannequin, uh, uh, that was pretending to be a dead woman. So, I mean, you know, there's that with Katie Vick. Um, there's the kiss your ass club. He's making Trish bark like a dog. Walk around on all fours, uh, yeah. crawling around, uh, crawl around on all fours. In her underwear and bark like a dog. Yep. Yeah. Um, Vince McMahon was just a terrible man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vince Russo. This is just kind of a funny note. Vince Russo claims to have been a secret consultant for USA from Mania 2020 to Mania 2022. Wow. Um. I don't buy that. I don't buy that either. Because I don't know anybody who knows anything about wrestling mm-hmm. that is going to do business with Vince Russo. Uh, 
And while I don't necessarily sure that the USA network people know a whole lot about wrestling, you got to think that they would be like, Hey, we're thinking about bringing somebody on as a consultant on our end to help us explain, you know, mm-hmm. what you're doing just so we understand. The a little and, more. and we heard from this guy, uh, Vincent Russo and um, the just complete and utter yeah. laughter from the WWE side of the table would inspire any confidence whatsoever right. in, in them. But Vince Russo said that the executive that he reached out to knew who he was. So he's lying because yeah, nobody who knows sure. who Vince Russo is, is going not to give him the time to... of day. Exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, can you think of anything else? Travelers on the Omnibus, we'll see you soon. You. We're coming for you. Uh, I hope that you're prepared. Yeah. That's and, all the call-out you're getting, too. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to plug that you can be found on Spotify, uh, Apple, Google, or Amazon. We're not going to plug the fact that Jody uh, has his own show, Fearology, that can be found on Spotify and... Uh, uh, Anchor. Wherever, Anchor, yeah. Uh, no, I definitely have, not Anchor. Yeah. Uh, we are going to plug our good friends over at... Uh, well, you know, because they... they they did missed the right, opportunity. They did the right thing and didn't answer that challenge. Didn't answer that challenge. So our good friends at Silence Your Cell Phones, uh, check them out. They can be found on Spotify. They can be found on YouTube. They host a live uh, show every Thursday, I believe it is. Um, so give them a listen. They talk about movies, bingeable TV shows, and their thoughts and that. Um. Now we get into the real world aspect of things. We'd like to thank McNarb Gaming mm-hmm. uh, for the studio space. Thanks, Greg, for allowing us to record in here. Um, plus, you know, hey, look, if you need anything, go over there. Yep. Uh, they got board games, miniatures games, dice, paint, uh, card games. If you can think of it in the nerd sphere of gaming, it's probably over there. And mm-hmm. if it's not, uh, one of the guys that works there will be able to get it ordered for you yep. as long as it still exists. Uh, get it in within a, a week or two and have fun. Absolutely. And once you've gone over there, you've bought your board game or your card game or your tabletop game, whatever it is that you bought, head on over to Big Dog Liquor and pick yourself up something to drink while you play. They have wine. They have whiskey. They have any, if it's a liquor, then they have it. They have specials going on. Uh, wine deals that they throw out there all the time. They have discounts for senior citizens and for military. If they don't have your favorite drink of choice, I'm sure that they can do their best to get it to you. Since you know, Mississippi is a dumb state that has not updated its liquor laws since 1782. Right. Uh, no, I'm not bitter about that at all. <laughs> I'm not bitter about the fact that I can't order and receive uh, stuff at home that I have to, hope and, and pray at what they have at my local liquor store. Um, you know, but yeah, big dog liquor, check him out. He's going to do his best to get everything that you might want or need Absolutely. for your, uh, spirit needs. So I guess with all that said, Michael, cheers, cheers. We got to get out of here because they're going to put a spirit Halloween in now. Yep. 